welcome to the Healthy Doctor podcast, where we host conversations about physician well-being. I'm Dr. Steve Sartori, director of the Center for Well-Being at the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Burnout for healthcare professionals can start as early as medical school and even before medical school, and values cultivated during training can ultimately undermine our well-being. Dr. Stan Haggard experienced severe burnout as a medical missionary and learned some valuable lessons that he will share with us on this episode. Dr. Haggard is a board-certified family physician who is passionate about helping healthcare professionals learn to care for themselves while serving others. Stan and his wife Deb served as medical missionaries in the Gambia, West Africa for almost two decades. Stan's personal experience with burnout and recovery has given him a strong desire to help others on the road to well-being, and he shares his message of hope at retreats, conferences, and other meetings. Stan received his MD degree from Michigan State University and completed a residency in family medicine in Saginaw, Michigan. He also earned an MPH in international health from the University of Michigan. Stan and Deb recently moved to Colorado to be closer to their two adult daughters, son-in-law, and grandsons. When not singing 70s music in local coffee houses, Stan is usually looking for a good game of chess. I'm eager to speak with Stan. Stan, uh, so good to have you here. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Healthy Doctor podcast. It's my pleasure, Steve. Always great to talk with you. You know, I've heard you speak several times, and uh, every time you speak, I learn something more. And, uh, you know, the last time I heard you speak more about values and what happens to good values that can get corrupted or mutated. And, you know, a few questions that arose out of that, I'd like to start off with asking you, uh, what happens in medical school that can actually set us up for burnout? Well, you know, the seeds of it uh, start even before we get into medical school. You know, most of us who make it into medical school have had a life track record of people affirming our performance. Uh, I talk about people putting stars on our foreheads, you know, from younger age on up. And, you know, no one gets into medical school without a lot of drive and determination and, and some successes along the way. One of the messages that can creep into our hearts with that is, you know what, maybe my worth is determined by my performance. Uh, maybe I will be loved if I can perform. You know, coming into medical school, we encounter a culture that does, to a large extent, fuel that kind of thinking. You know, we advance when we have the right answer. We get the exam questions right, and we get praised for that. And we're on rounds in the hospital, and you know, the pressure's on and the attending looks over and asks us how this hormone affects the other hormone. And when we've got the right answer, we get positive feedback for that. So that tendency, if it's kind of built into our hearts to base our worth on our performance, can get fanned into flame even more in a high-performance environment like medical school. Well, it sounds like those uh, values and performance really actually serve us well in a way. So what goes wrong? Well, there are a lot of values that we learn in medical school that serve us well. One example that comes to mind is the idea of altruism, that we are there for the sake of the patients and we want to put their interests first and and we set aside our own interests. We're exquisitely trained in delayed gratification during the medical training process. We set those aside in order to serve others. 
So that's a good value, and that does um, it does serve us well and help us to be good clinicians. Another value that comes along that serves us well is excellence. We really do want to learn all that we can and stay up to date as best we can and to become very competent at what we do. So that's a good thing. And uh, another one that comes to mind is compassion. And we want to be able to connect emotionally with the people that we're serving and not just be robots or automatons. We want to be human. We want to connect because that's very important to the therapeutic process. So those are all very important values. And that and they become a part of our DNA as we're going through our training. But just as DNA can sometimes undergo mutations, those very good values can undergo mutations as well as we get into the pressures of need and the pressures of the situation. So we have these good values. We have altruism, excellence, compassion. No one would argue with us that those are really valuable virtues for us to maintain as we go through the medical training process. And yet uh, you're telling me that when they mutate or things change, they actually become a disservice to us in some, some way. Yes, let me give you an example of what I mean. The value of excellence can subtly mutate into perfection. And while excellence is attainable, perfection obviously is not. And so there becomes a pressure. I remember one lecturer, of course, this is going to date me way back in the 80s when we had lectures. Maybe they still do. I don't know. But I remember one lecturer saying, you know, if you don't pay attention to this detail that I'm telling you right now, if you don't really tuck this away in your mind, someday, somehow, somewhere, you're going to kill somebody. And I thought to myself, really? Oh, man. You know, and, and this sort of fuels our obsessive compulsive nature. We feel that we have to know every little detail. We have to somehow believe the lie that anyone can know all of medicine and that it all depends on our knowledge and our retention of details. And we can begin to believe even that we can have an impact on the outcome. We begin to believe that we could even defeat death. No one would come right out and say that, of course. But there's this understanding that if someone dies, then there's a failure somewhere. And I guess litigation supports this in that when there's a bad outcome, we always look for someone to blame. And the underlying understanding behind that is we are expected to be perfect. Mistakes are not acceptable. And that becomes a standard that uh, can drive us and drive us and drive us to be obsessive and then also to turn blame inward when something goes wrong. So if we pursue perfection rather than excellence, sounds like a setup for failure and disappointment. We can't measure up. That's right. And if we combine that with the previous statement that got into our hearts before we entered medical school, that my worth is determined by my performance, and I start experiencing every bad outcome as a failure, then what happens to my sense of worth? I'm not performing and therefore I'm worthless. Sounds like we blame ourselves, we feel guilty, we become ashamed, uh, all kinds of things that happen there. That's right. And the problem is, is that this all happens underneath a cloak of silence or a code of silence. We very rarely stop and question what just happened in my heart. Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling right now? What did I tell myself? And many times we don't unearth those values that have been buried deep within us as we've gone through training. Well, Stan, I, I don't really want to pick on you, but I also do want a real-life example. And I think you've told me that you were a living example of some of this uh, value shift. And would you be willing to share a bit about that? 
I'd be happy to. I was a medical missionary in West Africa for a period of about 10 years altogether. Along about year number eight, I noticed quite a shift in my demeanor, in my attitude, in my personality. I became cynical. I became angry. I was having angry outbursts in the clinic, which is unusual for me. I began withdrawing from colleagues and from nationals. I began losing interest in things that I normally enjoyed doing. I started having terrifying nightmares and losing weight and just all kinds of stuff going on. And for a while, I had attributed what was going on, my desire to help everybody in sight, to normal missionary life and normal missionary stress. And so I was worn out and tired after my first four-year term, but I just thought, well, this is normal. And then two years into the second term, things took a very dark turn. And I, at that time, didn't have a vocabulary to describe what was happening. But looking back and understanding now, I was up to my eyeballs in burnout, pretty much a classic case. And I had become exhausted. I had lost interest in giving out any people energy or connecting with people. And I also had a very strong sense of reduced personal accomplishment that I was just spinning my wheels and not being effective at all anymore in, in what I was doing. And now as I look back at it, you know, from the other side of things, I now understand that many of these lies or mutated values were driving me to keep up the performance at all costs. I, I felt I did not have time to replenish or sustain my own health because the values that I had deeply implanted and had mutated were driving me just to work and work and work and work. Subtly, the message I was telling myself was that if I don't keep up this output, somehow I'm going to lose love. Somehow the acceptance of others or the adulation of others will be diminished. And that was a scary prospect for me. So I just tried to keep going. Wow. To be unloved is a is a scary prospect. And I I'm looking at these values you articulated and I'm thinking, yes, this altruism. I'm going to serve the needs of my patient first, but the needs of the patients are so overwhelming, it's impossible to meet the needs of all of my patients. I want to be excellent, and yet people are dying all around me. I want to be compassionate, but I'm so wearied and so tired, I, I don't even hardly care anymore. And so all of these values were beginning to almost be over the top, almost disintegrating or at least mutated in such a way that you just couldn't, you couldn't make it. You couldn't do it. Well, one of the problems is, is that these things mutate into what I'd like to call feigned omnipresence, for example. Duty and altruism can mutate into constant availability. And I feel that because I'm there for the needs of others, I must always make myself available. So I pretend to be omnipresent. And when there's a bad outcome, I pretend to be all-powerful. I pretend that I could be the one to control the outcomes if I just know enough, if I just do enough. And if I don't know everything, then it eats into my feigned omniscience. I pretend to know everything and maybe put on a, a false cloak of competence and snow everybody else with bluster, pretending that I know it all so that no one will identify my own insecurities. And you see, the problem with this is that those qualities that I just outlined, omniscience, omnipresence, those are reserved for someone else. Those are God's prerogative and God's qualities. And so I know we're often accused of trying to play God as doctors, and that's often a, 
a false accusation. But in this sense, we sometimes decide that these good values can mutate into something that we expect of ourselves that we should really only expect of God. We feign these things. We want to look good. We want to be seen as high performers. And uh, and we just can't do it. We're almost living a fake front, an imposter of sorts, and it's going to find us out. Yes, it is. And and But the, the reality is there is truth to replace all of these lies that we tell ourselves. And so the rest of my life has been a quest to identify the truth and even learn a real-time process of identifying how I'm feeling and what I might be telling myself and replacing that with the truth. And, you know, the the truth is that we are dust. And I think we get into a lot of trouble remembering that we are dust. I mean, I mean, forgetting that we are dust. And so the way back is to bring our expectations of ourselves into line with the Lord's expectations of us. And he has actually equipped us with everything that we need to do his will, but not everything that we need to run ahead of his will and pretend to be possessing all of these godlike qualities that we don't possess. So critical to have a right view of God and a right view of ourselves. Absolutely. And we're tempted away from that, I think, in part, by the medical culture and some of the underlying assumptions that are there, but not often spoken or not often brought to the light. So how would we know when we're getting off track? How do we get back on track? How do we know we're off track? There's lots of great tools, and more are being developed all the time. At a basic level, it's the deep-seated sense that something is not right. And I'm always careful to identify that suffering happens. Suffering will be a part of our lives, because since the fall, we're in a fallen creation, and we will have suffering. But there can be a deep-seated sense that something is just not right. I can have suffering and yet still have shalom. But there's another type of suffering in which my identity is in question, and I, I'm losing my sense of meaning, and I feel purposeless. When those feelings start to creep in, and I stop caring about the things that I care about, you know, the things that used to be important to me, that's kind of a sign that maybe my, I need to take my temperature somehow. And there's lots of tools out there. I, I have developed some, and others have developed some. There's one on the CMDA Wellbeing website. That's a, a nice entry point into seeing how well you're doing. It's called a wellness spectrum tool, I think. And that's a great way to just take your temperature and, and see what areas of life I might need to make some changes and what areas I need to concentrate on and put some input back into my replenishment in those areas. And then many times the input of others is so crucial. Those who are close to us might drop little hints or say it outright that, you know, things seem to be affecting us in ways that they hadn't before. So that's a great barometer as well. So pay attention to our gut in a sense. Something's not quite right. Pay attention to others and what they might be telling us and maybe use a tool to help us as well. Absolutely. And there's no shame in this. I think so often we are inhibited by our sense of shame. We tell ourselves, you know, I ought to be invincible. This ought not to be happening to me. But if you objectively look at it and all of the stresses that you have encountered and all the things that you have experienced, 
it is not surprising that you might be feeling the way you're feeling. And so overcome that shame. Uh, The evil one uses that against us so often to discourage us from reaching out and getting the help and support that we need. Yeah, I think uh, shame drives us into hiding, and it's one of the things that really disservices us. And when we recognize that, no, there's no shame here, this is reality, this is the human experience, we need one another, we can come out of hiding and get the help that we want, uh, that's very healthy. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, Stan, if we could, I'd like to just take a little bit of a turn here because I know you're involved with a ministry called Alongside, and they sponsor retreats for medical missionaries, cross-cultural healthcare workers. And a lot of this stuff comes into play. A lot of these principles come into play. And so if I could, I'd like you, in the time we have remaining, to at least dig into a little bit about what would it be like to attend something like that? What's it like at an Alongside Med Retreat? Well, first of all, it's a chance to rest, and that is something that we don't often take time to do. Alongside's counseling-based retreat center is on a 125-acre wooded campus that is just beautiful with walking trails and just peaceful surroundings. They have really bent over backwards to provide a comfortable environment to live and for meetings, things like that to take place. And so full disclosure, Steve, I I must probably um, mention that I am on alongside staff now. So if this sounds a little bit like an advertisement, it it probably is. (laughs) So, But it has been great to be a part of alongside, both as a client and now as staff. For the past four years, we have led these two-week retreats for medical missionaries. And we combine group adult learning sessions, workshops in the mornings, uh, where we talk about various topics, some of which we've touched on in this podcast, but things like the cycle of grace and the different factors that come into well-being. We talk about compassion, fatigue, and burnout. We talk about these very values that put you at risk, and Sabbath, and stress, and coping, and anxiety, and lots of different things. And then we talk about how to bring influence of health into an entire team. Like we all are parts of organizations that may have unhealthy patterns. And we talk about, okay, if I'm committed to being healthy, how do I go back into a team that may have a a more toxic cultural environment? How do I make an influence there? And then in the afternoons, we have process groups where you get together with others and talk about your own stories, your own experiences. And then there's personal counseling sessions in the afternoons, along with free time. There's something about the process of, first of all, being all together and then ending up as individuals with trained mental health professionals and doing all of this in community with others who also are seeking restoration that is extremely powerful. And we have found the model to be very beneficial. Well, it sounds like a wonderful experience. And uh, who should attend something like this? If you're a healthcare professional, whether you're a doctor, a nurse, a physical therapist, occupational therapist, the list goes on and on, and you serve in an area that is with cross-cultural contact, in other words, overseas perhaps, or even with a culture that is significantly different from your own, you have another layer of stresses that are laid on top of your normal stresses being a medical professional. And so this is designed for you. It's designed to look at those extra layers and to bring tools into your life that can help you cope with the extra strains that come into that sort of a setting. Well, that sounds uh, sounds great. And how would someone find out more information if they wanted to consider registering or 
What, what are the practicalities here? I'd recommend that you go to alongsidecares.net. That's our website, and you can look at the different events there, alongsidecares.net. The med retreat that's coming up this summer is July 19th through 29th, and there's still plenty of availability there. There's a form you can fill out on the website, or you could call to get more information. We'd be happy to help you understand. Well, very good. Uh, Stan, is there anything else you would like to say before we close? I guess I would just say that if any of this has touched your heart or has seemed as though there may be a connection to your experience, I would urge you to do something about that. There is a way forward and there is hope. I have been there. I have been almost hopeless at times and not seeing a way forward. But there is a way forward. And so I would just encourage our listeners to reach out. We'd be happy to try to help as best we can. Stan, thank you for being willing to share the principles and to share a bit of your own story. And you'll give us all hope because you've shown and you've demonstrated that applying the truth of God's word, the reality of what is true, can truly bring you back from the beliefs that can take you off track. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I appreciate it much. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Stan had much to teach us about the values we learn as we go through the medical training process. Good values, altruism, excellence, and compassion, and yet they get mutated into things that are unachievable and set us up for burnout. His discussion of suffering, how it can coexist with peace and shalom, but there is also a kind of suffering that gets our attention that says something is awry and we need to do something about it. I'm not sure what you took away from this, but I encourage you to think hard about it. Listen again if you'd like, and then plan. How are you doing? What are you going to do about your well-being? If you are a healthcare professional serving cross-culturally, consider attending the Med Retreat at Alongside. The 10-day program includes adult learning sessions, group sessions, and personal counseling if desired, along with plenty of opportunity to unplug, relax, and enjoy Alongside's beautiful campus near Kalamazoo, Michigan. The next med retreat is July 19 through 29, and Dr. Stan Hagert will be one of the leaders for that session. If you want more information, go to alongsidecares.net slash medretreat. At the CMDA Center for Wellbeing, we help healthcare professionals align with God, optimize well-being, and maximize influence. We offer professional coaching services that help you manage burnout, navigate change or transition, or grow your leadership skills. We also host coach training events that teach you how to help others without giving advice. For more information, visit cmda.org slash wellbeing or email wellbeing at cmda.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Healthy Doctor. If you like the podcast, please leave a good rating as it might encourage someone else to subscribe. Tune in again next month, and until then, care for yourself as you care for others. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. 
The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.